This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Ariel Sewell, a safety management systems manager for a small hub airport. SMS at airports receives little attention, but as the discipline expands, more specialists will be needed in the field. You know, we, before we start talking to Ariel, I uh, just want a, a big shout out to PlainEnglishSim.com, and that's our sponsor of this episode. Plain English Sim is an app-based aviation radio simulator, and it's a real easy way to gain radio proficiency both VFR and IFR. Plain English Sim is also giving away some scholarships by using their coupon code, Plain English Sim. that's one word, and you'll get one-year access to our scholarships guide, which has grown to $120 million in scholarships. It's updated monthly. You can find out more at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. Also, one new thing that we put on the website is you can find out how you can get the scholarships guide for free by going to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash free. Well, again, I'm here with Ariel Sewell, who's a SMS manager for a small hub airport uh, and uh, over on the West Coast. And uh, I'm very excited to, to have her on today because this definitely is something not a lot of people know about. Hey, Ariel. Welcome Hello. to the show. Thank you. <laughs> You know, Ariel, I I really, you know, we were talking offline and it, it sounds like uh, you've had a very interesting journey before we get into what SMS is and and uh, and that whole, you know, thing that we just hear all the time, but we don't know what it is. How about your background? Like as far as aviation, how did you get involved in aviation? So my entire life, I had one parent grow up, growing up, I lived with my mother in upstate New York and then my father lived in Los Angeles. So I've been on commercial flights for the last 35 years, since I was about three months old. And my entire childhood was in and out of airports. I was that little seven-year-old with a big plastic voucher hanging around my neck and a flight attendant passing me off to random airport staff. And so I grew up in airports and I, I really enjoyed it. I had big dreams. You know, at 14 years old, I thought I was going to fly Air Force One as <laughs> you do. And so when I turned 18, I uh, did a complete 180 and joined the military. And I did Army Military Police. Um, and when I was deployed overseas in support of OIF-3, we learned a lot about traffic accidents. Part of what I did was traffic accident investigation and did all the car scenarios, you know, your car versus camel, your car versus tank, your car versus whatever. So I get my very first accident and it's a Chinook that has crashed. And I said, well, this wasn't in the book. So I went out there all 19 years old and went to go pick up a helicopter. And fortunately everybody was okay. And I asked them, I was like, Hey, uh, what happened? And they said, well, we didn't check to make sure that the landing gear wasn't clogged with sand. And I said, I don't know a lot about what you've got going on here, but I feel like there should have been a checklist for that. You know, maybe make sure you can land the machine. Um, so we had actually three, three accidents involving helicopters while I was overseas. And that kind of re-sparked that interest. And then when I um, left the military, moved to California and uh, got into 911 dispatch, it was an emergency dispatch. And while I was in emergency dispatch, we had three plane crashes, small ones, um, one of which was wildland firefighting, very tragic, uh, controlled flight into terrain situation. 
And so while I was working dispatch and, and dealing with these, I, I really kind of ignited something in my brain. I was like, I feel like there's something that could have been done before these aircraft ever left the ground. So I enrolled in Embry-Riddle and I got my bachelor's degree. Uh, while working, I did the worldwide program so I could do it online and raise my kids. And then I got a job at Fresno Yosemite International Airport here in California as an operations uh, officer. And so what we did, you know, inspections, making sure the airport's running both Yosemite and our GA airport. And I continued my studies in um, more certificate-based and FEMA-based as I had already had my bachelor's. And when the opportunity arose, when they said, hey, we want to adopt an SMS, we need a manager. And everybody said, what in the world is an SMS? I raised my hand and I say, I know what SMS is and I know it very well. I can do that. And they said, are you sure? And I said, absolutely not. So they gave me the job. And <laughs> here I am today. I've been in the SMS manager now for both airports for about two years. And we are currently building and working on implementation um, for that. And part of that has actually been, um, I've been the incident commander for the COVID response for both airports now for, it'll be a year next week. Wow. You know, interestingly, I was listening to your story and saying, wow, what a what an amazing trigger to have you go into this career. Uh, it sounds like it was almost, it was you were destined to go in this route uh, as far as getting involved with safety and safety management. Uh, it seems like people have put things in your life or, you know, to put you to, in that direction. And that obviously um, spurred an interest and that interest turned into getting a degree in something that I think is absolutely fascinating very elusive, I think, because uh, we're always striving for better and more safety. Um, but I think by your description, you almost uh, were able to have us glean a little bit what safety management is. Um, but I guess we'd have to ask that question. Um, you know, what what in, what is a safety management systems manager or what is safety management systems? I guess we'd start there. So uh, safety management system is an all-inclusive, you know, all-encompassing approach to safety, and it's very proactive. So a lot of times when you read about these incidents, like um, I'm one week from finishing my master's degree in aeronautics, and we're knee-deep in the plane crashes, and you sit there, and the plane goes down, and then afterwards we write an advisory circular, and we say, hey, don't do this, it ended badly over here. And so what SMS does is it looks at the potential hazards that could be created about a, a system change or circumstance or a situation. And we say, hey, what, what is our worst credible outcome? I mean, in airports, we're not all expecting United 232 to come cartwheeling down the, the runway. But if it does, can we prepare adequately? Or on the other hand, are we doing what we need to do to prevent those incidents forever occurring. I mean, if you look at uh, crashes such as the Cathay Pacific crash a few years ago in Hong Kong, where it was tainted fuel lines that seized the engines and left them powerless over the Pacific, you know, that's something at airport level that we can look at and we can work to prevent. And so in short, it's, it's a proactive approach and it's also a very business-like approach. And I think that's something about safety that gets gleamed over. My favorite quote when I'm talking about SMS is that, you know, a ship at harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are for. If I wanted to have a perfectly safe airport, I could shut it down and all the airplanes stay on the ground and nobody gets hurt, but we don't really have a business and we're not exactly paying our bills. So 
what is the best way that we can create a safe environment and an environment that is culturally safe. Interesting. You talk about that. Uh, we could all just stay at home and we'd all be safe, but who wants to do that? You know, we want to travel and uh, it, it's fascinating. Uh, and that was a great description, by the way, of a safety management system. And um, the fact that I think we really realize that it's not just in aviation it's so many other places in life that safety management systems come into play. I guess a good example would be like a warehouse. Um, I'm sure you probably have some other examples of where it could, so something like this can be used in other careers, right? Absolutely. And even if you look at the history of safety management and where we've come from this, a lot of the ideals that we've uh, extracted and put into how we run SMS date back to Chernobyl. And it's, you know, I always joke that I'm, I'm like the airport mom and I, I sit around, I say, don't do that. You'll get hurt. But here's the data to back up why you, why you could get hurt. So yeah, they, it does have a lot of different arenas. I know offline, we were talking about one person who worked in safety and aviation has moved to Amtrak and has moved into trains. And um, I believe you had mentioned somebody in elevators. It's, it is something that could stem throughout. I, if I look at the four pillars of SMS, you know, safety policy, risk management, promotion assurance, nowhere in there does it say policy just for airplanes, risk just for airplanes. It's, it's very encompassing. Absolutely. And that's one thing I, I love. And this is why we're talking. I love the fact that there are so many avenues you can go with safety management. Because if someone winds up getting into aviation and they don't like it, I can't imagine why, but they, they can go on to so many other things out there. Getting back to, um, you know, the safety management at an airport. I mean, again, being in the airline, sometimes we forget about the rest of the world, right? But safety management at, at airports is so incredibly important, but also the, the management of that. So what, what is the role like of a, of a manager in safety management? What does that person do like yourself? Well, um, my roles and responsibilities, um, if I pull out a paper, it's about seven pages long, front and back. <laughs> so there are a lot. But some of the big things I do, and going back to those pillars, safety policy, you know, creating that policy statement and that top down. So our managerial commitment to safety, how management is reworking the policies, the procedures and the practices in which the airport operates to create an environment that is conducive to safe operations. And then safety risk. Um, so what we have are triggers. You know, something happens. Last night we had a Cessna catch on fire on the ramp. And we have certain, like, obviously that's a big trigger. And alert three is always going to be a big trigger. But then we have smaller ones. Like um, we're an itty bitty airport and uh, we have about a million employments pre-COVID. <laughs> um, so when Southwest rang up our phone and said, hey, we're going to come by and uh, we want to join you and we want to add a bunch of aircraft. I said, oh well, wait a minute, maybe we should create a risk assessment of that. You know, is this going to introduce more aircraft, bigger aircraft, more passengers? Is this going to have undue risk? So we want to analyze that as well. And then on the other part, as many airports are, are undergoing, we have huge expansions. We have about $115 million in expansions. We're almost doubling the size of our terminal. So we want to do that as well. And then a big part of my job is safety promotion, talking about safety, talking about SMS, creating that awareness, you know, going on podcasts and saying, hey, this is SMS and creating that just culture and that non-punitive culture. And I say that a lot. You know, you have somebody who does something that maybe should 
have been done and they go, well, I don't want to tell anybody because I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get my airport badge yanked. So we create a system in which somebody can come forward and say, hey, there was this unsafe activity. It occurred. We've corrected it or we need correction for it. How do we do that? And we say, thank you for coming to us. Let's fix it. So creating a culture that's conducive to safe actions over you know, being afraid of being in trouble. And lastly, safety assurance. I talked about creating all these policies and creating all these procedures, but how do we know they actually work? And we do that through metrics, through incident trend analysis, through data, and really making sure that what we're doing and the changes we're making are actually making the environment more safe. Because there are times where we could put a policy out and it could either be so hindering to the operation that the people who are affected by it can't do their job, or it could actually make it more dangerous. So that's safety assurance. Are we doing the right thing for the airport? And of course, for the tenants that use it. Right. Well, of course. Um, you know, as you were speaking, I, I was sitting here saying that this really is the safety management and the system put in place is such an elusive goal. It seems like it's not an achievable goal, but should it be as far as having, you're trying to put in place a system that always works and that can never happen, right? So for the rest of your life, you're you're going to be trying to consistently make it better. So it's something that, what is that that whole scenario like for somebody who's an employee? It's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to make it better, but then I find something else just through like your just culture, people reporting, and I, I'm constantly trying to, to move forward. That must be a real challenge. Our favorite, one of our favorite words, we've got a lot of buzzwords in SMS, but our favorite is continuous improvement. While we have, for instance, um, I'm going to take, you know, our ground handler policy procedure. We have had a ground handler policy procedure for years. And I got a hold of it and I looked at it and I said, okay, this is great for what our airport looked like in 2010, but it does not work. You know, the, the procedures prescribed in this policy were written for an airport that no longer exists. We are not the same operation that we had then. So by taking that and improving it to keep moving forward and to adapt to the changes that we've undergone is always going to be a goal, but it's a good goal to have. You know, we want to recognize the growth that the airport has achieved and be able to adjust the system to meet those needs. So to do that, you need uh, a team and obviously somebody like yourself is managing that team and uh, you're involved heavily from, you know, sun up to sundown, uh, working on safety and managing it. But one of the things that comes to mind for most people when they're looking at a job is the type of environment that you work in. I mean, is a safety management systems, like a manager at an airport specifically, is that something that's like a nine to five job? Is it something that's only indoors? You know, kind of give us a little bit of color as to what is, you know, what's the day in the life of an SMS manager? So uh, a typical day, I'm going to pick a a Thursday. Um, This Thursday, I received a report about an incident. I made follow-up phone calls to investigate that incident, which was our our Cessna that caught fire last night, and found areas for improvement. And we we like that terminology. We don't wanna say what went wrong. You know, where are lessons learned and where are areas for improvement? So we're identifying those and creating those reports. 
Um, I do have a couple people. I have an assistant and I have two interns that work for me. And so I said, hey, I need you while we have this new metric, go through um, our passenger statistics and we want new safety statistics. And uh, basically, real short, if I have 10 crashes of GSE this year and 10 last year, that may seem like the same number, but I've only had half of the movements, that number is actually doubled. So we want to look at those, especially in COVID when our airport numbers are down 60%. And we say, well, hang on a second. What happened last year? and What happened this year? These aren't the same. So we looked at those. I met with a consultant um, regarding our website for safety promotion. And then we have a parking garage um, that's currently under construction. And I will be going out there and uh, doing a site walk and visiting with our construction to make sure that all of the risks that we are risk mitigation tactics that we've put together uh, are being implemented properly, uh, especially following up from a, a recent incident over there. Um, as far as a nine to five, I don't know what those words mean. <laughs> I haven't worked a nine to five in probably four years, but it works out. You know, our airport's open 24 seven and there are times where my phone rings at midnight and, you know, I'll find ways to adjust my schedule otherwise to, to meet the needs. So you really have, and safety, obviously you're going to be on call, uh, you're, it's definitely not a nine to five job, so you have to be flexible. Uh, and obviously, uh, it doesn't ever end. And it's, uh, something that I think is cool because it's, it's like you said, the airport mom, you, you're always, you're always involved. You're always, it's always turned on, you know, when you're a safety manager, you can't just turn it off because the airport never sleeps. Uh, and as someone is, um, looking to get into this as a career, like safety management systems, uh, especially at the airport. Um, is that something when they come on as like an intern, would they work a regular job, a nine to five job, or is it, is it similar to like your hours and, uh, you know, what can they expect? Is there, is there a lot of oversight? I'm assuming. Um, my current, I have a very small staff because it, it's technically just me and through a lot of, uh, pleading with <laughs> my boss, I was able to bring on two interns. They have a pretty typical, um, I have one that works 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then uh, one only works on weekends. And then one is just kind of here and there, uh, depending on what we need done. So they're, they're a lot more flexible. Um, for the system as a whole, I am the sole responsibility for it. So a lot of that does fall on me. So if someone is looking at this as a job and they're saying to themselves, okay, I get the hours, but if they're looking at it as a career, one important thing, and I know it's uncomfortable for, for a lot of people to talk about is you have to make sure that you can make a living. Uh, so as far as paying benefits, uh, we've talked about this before on the show, and I think a lot of people don't realize that most airports are, are owned by a government organization, a government such as municipality, et cetera. What can someone expect as far as uh, get when they first start out and also maybe a mid-range and a high when they're working in your field? When I started out in operations and it, going back to what people can expect, I would always say to really get a grasp on operations. Know how your airport works or how any airport works before you go change the procedures to make it work. Um, I started out in the $20 an hour range. Um, I did have full benefits because I was a government employee. I still am a government employee. So we get like health, retirement, um, 
mental health. We even get chiropractor benefits where, where I work, which is great <laughs> sitting at a desk all day. Um, but as you move up as an SMS manager, I'm in the upper management tier of pay. So I'm just under what the director would make and what a typical director would make, which of course is going to vary entity to entity. But I, I sit in that upper management pay range. So um, it is a comfortable salary that I receive. But if you try to break it into an hourly, um, I feel like I'm still working at that ops pay at times, but it does, <laughs> it, it is very rewarding in other ways. And I have a lot of benefit. Yeah. So someone can get the benefits of, of a government job and those, those pay, et cetera. Um, but they also get the rewards of doing something that really is important um, and, uh, and can affect some change. Do you have an example of that? Maybe you could kind of glean uh, a little bit on uh, on that where is there something maybe you did or something that happened maybe there was a surprise that really affected safety in a positive way um we it's difficult to sum up in one way the the hard part about safety is you know safety is working in the absence of incidents so when you have a lot of things go wrong maybe what you're doing isn't working as well as you, you may think. Um, and that's one thing that's always hard is you know, when you sit down and you say, oh, well, we haven't responded to a lot or we haven't worked a lot or whatever. And it's like, good. We want to be bored. The goal is to be bored because if nothing's happening, you're doing something right. And then on the other hand, you know, things that are when things do go wrong um, out here uh we recently had an, an insane <laughs> just evacuation efforts in September due to the wildland fires. And we uh, evacuated about 400 people and their pets out of a trapped area by Chinooks and Blackhawks and brought them to the airport and had this massive come together emergency response. And it went so well. It was just perfect without a hitch. I think somebody couldn't find good enough pens to write down people's names. And um, when you have those incidents go well, then you really have that measure that what you're doing is working and what you're doing is important, but they are, they are rare. (laughs) But it is satisfying to know that, you know, the absence of an accident is the satisfaction that you get from creating this safe environment that you had a part of. I mean, and that's, that's the thing is that, uh, a lot of times we feel like in a job that we need to do something that is giving us satisfaction inside, which, I mean, you've described. I mean, this is something that obviously you get a lot of satisfaction out of by helping people and making sure that people are safe. And, and we're glad that we have people like you doing that type of job. But to get there, to get to where you are, I think it's fascinating, by the way. Uh, safety management system is just fascinating. It's one of those things that's constantly evolving. Uh, uh, you'll never stop learning. Um, but there is a certain base knowledge that you can get. What could someone do if they're thinking, hey, this is really cool? What kind of education would you suggest someone get or what type of degree should they work towards to be able to get into this type of job? So my bachelor's degree is in technical management, which seems a little weird when you you think about what I do, but I do have a minor in aviation safety. And some of the things that I invested in when I really wanted to become a 
some aspect of safety manager is I looked into human factors, you know, human factors analysis and classification system. That's a big one. Um, I believe airports council international, either ACI or AAAE has some really good human factors courses because you want to know why people make unsafe choices and, you know, understanding the everything from the attitudes to perceptions to people's habits to how fatigue or burnout affects people. You want to understand the why of what people do. I always joke that a big part of SMS is you're kind of like a big toddler and you just keep asking, well, why did you do that? Well, why did he do that? Well, why did that happen? You know, you just keep asking questions. Um, there are also SMS specific courses. Um, I believe both AAA, ACI and Embry-Riddle all have those. Um, you'll want to look, look into part 139 um, if you're looking airport specific or part 121, 133, 137, whichever arena of SMS you're wanting to get into. Um, and one thing that I really benefited from was aircraft accident investigation because the techniques and the ideologies that you learn from accident investigation are so applicable across the board, whether it be a huge jet or somebody got hurt on the job site, those will always stay with you. And one thing that I've really learned a lot from and not realized that I've used so much is, um, I believe I mentioned before, next week I will be graduating with my master's in aeronautics and um, I'm specializing in aviation safety as well. So being able to know how to build a program, you know, that area of program management down to aviation psychology, um, how airports run, things like that. Uh, there are a lot of resources out there for any any arena of the spectrum, from certificates to masters. And something that's important too is you're constantly uh, learning. Like you can get more and more certificates, get involved in uh, education, continuing education. Uh, that's out there, but somebody who's is wanting to get into this career, say there's someone who's just starting out. Um, what advice would you give someone like that who's just just starting? I would absolutely look into operations. That's that was the path that I took, and I've had so much benefit from really knowing how boots on the ground. You're out there. You're in the thick of it. You're picking up the birds off the runway or what's left of them. You're understanding how things happen as they happen with a managerial position. I'm, I'm with a, a safety where you're so involved in policy, you tend to become detached and what words on paper may look good. They may not really translate into how it operates on the ground. So if you have that experience, uh, you know, being out in the field, being around the aircraft, being around the people and you go to write something, you can say, while this may look very pretty and this letterhead is great, this is not going to work for this environment. Like I've said um, earlier on, this is a business approach to safety. We want to make sure that whatever we're putting out there, people can still do their jobs. Absolutely. You know, before we get into, you know, what's next for Ariel, is there any anything else you wanted to close with? Or if not, uh, maybe tell us uh, what what's next in your career. Um, I, right now, I'm still working on building our SMS program. And um, that's going to be my journey for the next few years. Um, I just recently graduated and I've already had two professors ask me if I'm going to maybe look at a doctoral program. So one thing that I have been 
looking at is maybe becoming a professor and working on, on teaching and, you know, spreading the word of safety <laughs> out there. That is something I've been looking at. Um, it just higher education and continuing to promote and work with um, either conferences or perhaps join a university. Well, that's awesome. I tell you, it's people like you that we need that are advocates for safety and also safety management systems and and helping people understand what that means. Uh, and it is, it is complex, but uh, I know some people, I, I think, think it's a big challenge to get into. But I think you've, you've made people realize through all your steps, it it's, doesn't just happen all at once. You continually educate yourself. You continually move forward. You get the jobs like you've had, and, and you continually move forward with that career and learn. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited, Ariel. And by the way, uh, I guess I can say this. Congratulations on your, your future graduation. Thank you. Yes, it, it doesn't feel real yet, It's but hopefully yeah. 11 more days. <laughs> 11 more days. Well, that's awesome. That, that's really terrific. Well, Ariel, thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, if we have questions, if you have questions, you're listening right now, uh, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We'll shoot them over to Ariel. Uh, if you want to know more about this career field, we're going to have some links in the show notes down below. Uh, and uh, and just it's it's awesome knowing that there's people out there just like Ariel that are helping us stay safe. Uh, and a lot of times we, we don't see the things that they do behind the background. And that's a great thing because we want less things to happen. And that's the result of a successful safety management system out there. Once again, Ariel, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, if you're listening right now and you're thinking about the possibility of this, or this actually has spurred your interest, uh, I want to challenge you to do something, and that's not stop right now, where you're going to hit the stop button. Don't do that. Start doing some research afterwards. Make sure you actually look up something about safety management systems. Uh, and most importantly, if you are interested, do your research. It could be something simple. It could be calling a friend. Uh, it could be calling a relative. It could be searching something online like we've done here. But make sure that after this show is over, you don't stop and you take the next step towards your career goal. So do that for me. Take one step today to move forward in your career and your life. Well, we'll talk to you next episode on the Safe Flying Method. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research.